With both championships decided, you would be forgiven for thinking there's no reason to tune into Formula One again this year. So what better circuit to stoke the fires of excitement of the F1 fans worldwide? Welcome back to the Grid Talk podcast. This is episode 337. And if you'd like to see or hear more from us, then why not go to your social feed and follow us at Grid Talk UK everywhere you can find the at symbol. Today on Grid Talk, we are previewing the United States Grand Prix in Austin, Texas. And I'm your host, Tom Horrocks. Today, I'm joined by Grid Talk. Grid Talk hosts, George Halson. Evening. Owen Medford. Hello. And the Soft Tire podcast host, Jonah Gould. Good afternoon. And before we get into the episode, we just must thank our sponsor again for today. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, matchup reports uh, for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favourite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website on, or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on all the action. Be be sure to use our promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. So I, I, I apologise, George, but I've, uh, because you were slightly late to our call today, I've given you Alfa Tori to start with. Uh, but it is welcome back to Daniel Ricciardo into the fold, and uh, we wave goodbye to Liam Lawson for now, at least. Anyway, uh, Daniel loves this place. Can he kickstart his career in Austin? And will Yuki be thinking I'd want Liam back, or is he going to be happy to have Daniel back? <laughs> I'm not so sure he'd be too happy to have uh, Daniel back. And obviously, we know how good Ricciardo is. We know how successful he's been in the past. Um, but in fairness, Lawson was beating him most of the time anyway. Qatar was one of the few races where uh, Snowder actually beat. Uh, Lawson in the same car, so I think it doesn't really matter which of the uh, of those two is in the car. He's going to have a hard time, and I think both Alvatari drivers are going to have a hard time this weekend as well. Um, they have looked better at times in recent races, but it was very much a dropping back down to earth for them in Qatar. And Kota as well is a quite an all round track to test all on to the car. And unfortunately for Alvatari, I think they have the worst car on the grid. I think it's going to be a big ask for them to get points this weekend and try and claw up the order because they have to more than double their current points tally to catch Haas in ninth. They're currently on five. Haas in ninth are on 12. So they have to more than double that just to even catch the guys in ninth place. They're going to, have, with, with not many races left, they're going to really have to pick up points soon. And it's difficult to see where that's going to happen. But at least Ricardo coming back means that he should, or he should get some good content around that. And he'll probably be going around with a 10 gallon hat on and cowboy boots and all that sort of stuff. Some people might find it cringe. Some people might find it entertaining, but it's definitely going to be eventful for him. Yeah, he's uh, certainly going to have the cameras on him, definitely, given it's it's his return as well. And uh, and you mentioned the Haas team there. They've got some big upgrades coming this week. And they've dropped to ninth in the standings, though, after another squandered weekend in, in Qatar. But uh, this this home team there, is it too late for the chase down Alfa Romeo and Williams? I think it is. I think it's too little too late. They say they've got upgrades coming. Uh, the, the thing that worries me here is that we've got five races left of the season. They're bringing upgrades. Is this Hopefully, they've transitioned to working on the next on next year's car because if they're still bringing upgrades now it's i don't know it's not looking good and and i question the 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 efficacy of those upgrades they they are as george says over double the points tally of alpha tauri so they're, they're definitely looking forwards but um the highest that they're ever going to place uh, is, is to get above uh, is to get past the williams um and that would be a massive turnaround in form and I, I really don't see that happening to be honest with you um obviously it's the, the home race um so hopefully they can put in a good performance but other than that the only people they're fighting with are, are Alfa Romeo 
But once they get past them again, you've got to get you've got to uh, try and make your way up to the to the Williams with the points you score. And and I just don't see that happening with the form of the Williams com- in comparison to the Haas. I think it's going to be yet another bad weekend. Yeah, we do have a sprint race this week, and the Haas does seem to look like it's a little bit better in in sprint formats, with the exception of Qatar, obviously. But hopefully, for their sake, we'll see something from them at least with these upgrades to give the factory something to cheer about. But moving on to Alfa Romeo then, Joe, I know we've got fresh off the back of their highest points haul of the year, which was a lowly, was it a 10th t- place and an 8th place, or ninth place and an 8th place, sorry. It's their highest points haul all year, unexpected shot in the arm. They've moved clear of Haas in the Constructors' Championship. So are they going to be looking behind at trying to hold on to onto that position, or will they be trying to look ahead to Williams and try and get something from these last five races? I think realistically, they're only looking behind to hold on to it. I'm not going to say that Alfa Romeo lucked out, but uh, there were a lot of track limits issues in Qatar that we were noticing, uh, especially around turn 15, turn 6. We were seeing a lot of that. So I don't know if the stewards are going to be all over the place uh, on track limits here in Austin, but I think they're looking backwards. They got to hold on to that position. They got to just secure the money that they're looking at in the constructors right now. I think looking forward to Williams is too far of a shot. You have a guy like Alex Albon who seems to be able to take a car that's Pretty decent. I got to give Williams some credit. It's not a bad car, but he's definitely overperforming in it. And uh, Logan Sargent's been underperforming in it. I think Alfa Romeo is just holding on to what they have, holding on to it and looking forward to next year's car, but also looking forward to taking this money that they're currently secured with and keeping that and not dropping any lower in the standings. Yep, no, absolutely. It's it's nice to see them actually do something in the race and push forward. So hopefully we can get some good battles in the midfield uh, towards the end of the season. But you mentioned uh, Williams there again, just being a little bit up the road there, but three pointless Grand Prix in a row now that it did manage to get a couple of points in the sprint, George, and last time out. Is the recent form concerning for Williams or do you feel they've done enough and they're just cruising to the end of the year and focusing on next year? I think they were probably hoping they were cruising towards the end of the year before Alfa Romeo scored six points at the last Grand Prix. <laughs> I think now they might be a little bit nervous after that. But to say in that, I think we we covered it in the Qatar review as well. It, it was a very unique track in Qatar and also very unique circumstances with the weather too. That track apparently really suited the Alfa Romeo. I don't expect that to be happening again this weekend at Cota where it's in the four-all track. I also don't think that particularly helped Williams either. They'll be very quick down the long straights, of course, but that first section in particular, I feel like the car is going to lose so much time compared to the competitors because aerodynamics is not its strong suit, absolutely. Some might think that Logan Sargent will do, do a better job this weekend. Not really counting last week, last time, obviously, because unfortunately he wasn't well and he had to retire. And we had so many problems with the heat, obviously, in that race, and we're not going to go into that. I did go into that on a short video on our socials, which if it's not out already, it will be soon. That's not There's not going to be a repeat of that this time. Maybe it being a home race will help him get a shot in the arm, but I believe in his actual home race in Miami, he was dead last. So there's not really a lot to hope for there, unfortunately, for Sergeant. Albon, with a tie strategy, perhaps could get into the top 10. It's a big ask room, of course, but it is meant to be very hot in Texas uh, this weekend coming up, I think. Low 30s Celsius, about 90 degrees Fahrenheit. It's going to be hot by anybody's standards this weekend. That could play into their favour, but we'll see. Okay, so it looks like we've finally seen the end of the rain at every Grand Prix that we've been having in the last in the last few months. Back to the the summer weather for the drivers for the end of the year, at least. But uh, the summer is definitely behind them uh, for Alpine, who now require, and I love a good bit of maths equations and the mathematical possibilities here, and seeing that they now need maximum points from every race if they want to try and overhaul McLaren and Aston Martin. 
Obviously, that's not going to happen, Owens. What are Alpine looking to get out of this weekend? The drivers, at least, have got a good battle going on, only separated by a couple of points. It's sponsor time, isn't it? That's really what they can get. It's it's a nice position almost for them to be in, and they can probably switch off a little bit. There's no way they go backwards from here, I would say. Obviously, they could still royally mess it up. Even with 10 points for, for Williams every single race until the end of the season, there's no way that there's no way that they can be caught, really. So I, I don't want to sound defeatist. There's a pragmatism there in that you can sit there and go, we've got 90 points, we're sitting in we're sitting in sixth place. As you say, it is functionally impossible or practically impossible to overhaul the points deficit to, to McLaren and, and Aston Martin, which is a nice place to be. You can think at that point, we can focus on next year's car and, and treat this one like a test session. And as I say, try and get some sponsor eyes on, on LP in the United States. So that's pretty much how you've got to how you've got to view it. Maybe I'm not built for a Formula One team because they would be saying we've got to go and try and win every race. If you can pick up some glory from some kind of we could get a freak we could get freak freak weather and have a downpour during qualifying or something like that, which we've seen in Texas before. But but apart from that, I don't think there's much they can do beyond to try and have fun, enjoy themselves. Yeah, certainly hasn't been a five-star season from them this year. It's, it's just gone from bad to worse as the season's gone on. But one podcast that is a five-star podcast is, of course, the Grid Talk podcast. And if you are enjoying this podcast, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star rating on Spotify and on Apple iTunes, Apple Podcasts, whatever it's called these days as well. Show my age there. And if you're one of those listeners who is not subscribed to this channel, why not subscribe now and ensure you never miss a show again? Don't forget to click the bell to know when we go live and say we've got over 2,000 subscribers at YouTube and we'd love to to add to that number. So please, if you like what we do, share us with a friend and then we can continue to grow with you. But looking up a little bit further up the grid now, Jonah, we've got McLaren and they've scored more points than any other team over this spell of the season. It seems they are destined to pass Aston Martin, but with a 16-point swing needed to catch Ferrari, is that possible or is that dreamland stuff? As a fan, it's possible. In reality, I think it's a little bit closer to Dreamland stuff to catch Ferrari. Aston Martin, to be honest, is basically inevitable. We've seen my my homeboy Lance Stroll underperforming every week, which is just great for the country. But I think McLaren, they're they're doing really well. The, the upgrades on the car are working to the fullest extent and heading to a track like Coda, where we know already that Coda is going to suit the McLaren. If Silverstone suited the McLaren... Coda is going to suit the McLaren. I find that it'll be very similar. They're both really all around tracks, like George mentioned. And I think this is going to be a good weekend for those two guys. I think the struggle for McLaren now comes with you have a really good car, one on some days that is second fastest on the grid, one on some days that even is a little bit quicker than the Red Bull, as we saw in the sprint to the sprint in Qatar. The problem for McLaren now is okay, you have a really good car and you have two really good drivers. It's now time to keep those drivers in check and not let things get out of hand. Like we've seen a little bit of Mercedes back in when they had a really good car and two really good drivers. It's time to make sure everybody just gets to the finish line. Look at the common goal. It's not about beating each other. It's about beating Aston Martin. It's about trying to beat Ferrari. That's the goal here. It's not about who's going to finish ahead of the other. That's McLaren's struggle for the next little bit. But I think beating Aston Martin's inevitable. Ferrari, I'd love to see it happen. I'm hoping Ferrari's spell of underperformance continues. But that's the fan in me that wants to see that happen. Yeah, I was. It, it's that's very much the fan in me wanting that to happen as well. But considering that a few races ago, I was saying I would love for them to pass Aston Martin, but I just don't think it's going to happen. I think they're too far away. That's just 
it's now, like you say, it's inevitable. Just 11 points behind now. So that looks like it's a done deal. So we'll we'll look forward to sit. We'll watch that pay out, play out and uh, watch that with interest. But we are now going to talk about Aston Martin, George. And never has a team been so transformed over a winter and then had such a fall from grace in the second half of the season. Staring at fifth in the championship, rumours of Stroll selling, Honda looking like they're struggling to scale back up to F1 in 2026. What's going on at Aston? And is it going to continue this weekend? Nothing good's going on at Aston at the moment, unfortunately. And like you said, I, we've said it a lot on the show, to have a team that was looked so good at the start of the season and now it's so off it, it's unbelievable. It's almost a surprise when Alonso gets decent points. That's how bad it is. And obviously, there's no hope for Lance Stroll in terms of that. I've spoken a lot about him, of course. And not in very good terms, either. Um, I think it's just going to continue this weekend, most likely. Alonso's probably going to get like a 7th or an 8th or something. Like you, you guys were speaking about before, McLaren, they're, pro- they're probably going to get a podium at high points, and they're probably going to overtake Aston Martin this weekend. They need a miracle, really, or the McLarens to retire to hold on to that 4th place. I can't see it. There's just too much of the season left for them to hold on. I, I don't see them really doing anything. Alonso's going to do his best. Alonso might make a mistake or two because he's overdriving the car and Lance Stroll's probably going to be out in Q1 and just do nothing. It's most likely what's going to happen for the green machines this weekend. Oh, dear. I, I had a the green-flavoured Red Bull the other day just to see what it was like, and it was much like their season. It started off quite nice, but then ended quite disappointingly. But that That's my review of the green Red Bull drink. But moving on then to Ferrari then, Owain, and they, although they've, as Jodo alluded to, they have been underachieving, they have actually been catching Mercedes and only six points per race needed to overturn their second place, which just seems a little bit crazy given how Ferrari have been performing and how well Mercedes have been doing. Has this battle suddenly got hot again? And how do you see Ferrari shaping up at Austin this weekend? If they can fix their their reliability problem, where you know and actually start some races, they can be doing quite well after a mid season lull. Like you said, they've had a, a big uptick in form post Monza, particularly got that race win and and really yeah, I think crept up. And it's really now just a it's just a matter of time another retirement for Mercedes, and it becomes and it blows wide open. I think Ferrari seem to be slightly better operationally than they have seemed in the past. This is a it should be a decent track for them as well with the sort of nature of it they did relatively well in in japan which is somewhat similar in nature i would say and i think there's i think there's a i don't know i think that they've maybe got to the bottom of what the culture problem was and they've got better for it as you say it's it's a close enough it's a close enough points difference that they really could make a uh, make inroads but i'd like to i'd like to see what happens this weekend before i start predicting anything i think mercedes do know how to get the job done by comparison and they will eke out that second place if that in whatever way they need to and i just don't see ferrari able to do that really in some ways oh sorry having issues myself that yeah that's that, that that's fair mercedes are they seem to be the better operationally but certainly they just need to keep the drivers away from each other to be honest so yeah, we are moving on to Mercedes now, and so they've gone to you, Jono. Self-destruction is not really a phrase that we associate with Brackley very often, but but they've definitely not maximised in the last couple of races, and and they really need some luck in these last five races. Can you see them? Can you see them grabbing a win this weekend potentially, or is that going to be a bit too far? I'll be honest. If my uncle's listening, ignore this because he's a huge Mercedes fan. No, they're not going to win. It's not going to happen. Mercedes' number one goal this weekend is don't hit each other. I think. It's just get as many points as possible. Try not to hit each other. George needs to not calm down on his driving style, but I think calm down a little bit. And this might get under the skin of some Mercedes fans, but I'm not a huge fan of George's behavior in the car recently. I think he needs to take a bit of a a bit of a 
calm down there. Now, it was justified in Qatar. I'll give him that. Lewis completely turned in on him. It was justified. But Mercedes' goal this weekend is to just not hit each other. Stay out of each other's way. Maximize the points. It's a matter of time. The car is improving. Hold on to that second place. You have Ferrari breathing up your neck now, like Owen said, after Monza and after Singapore. You got them inching ever closer. We don't need Spain 2016. We don't need to see that. As great as it would be to watch, it's just not necessary for their championship hopes. It's just a matter of keeping each other out of each other this weekend. Don't hit each other. Don't break the cars. Don't destroy it. It's a pretty decent car. It's holding on to second place in the championship. Keep it there. I think it's going to be, I think it'll be a decent weekend for them. But yeah, the ultimate pace there potentially not to be pushing anywhere near the Red Bulls. But moving on to the Red Bulls then, George, they're champions again. They've scored more points than Mercedes and Ferrari combined, which is just astonishing. The tracks should suit them this weekend. I think every other track used to suit them. Is there any stopping Max? And can Checo recover from his in his second home race? Because we all know Mexico is in North America. Yeah, exactly. It's definitely not in South America. Big difference. Don't get it mixed yes. up. Um, but yeah. Uh, Very close. <laughs> yeah, it's a couple thousand miles or so. But yeah, no, what kind of absolute idiot would not uh, Sergio Perez to win, to win a race this season? Like with the way he's been going. It's been, oh my God. Hindsight's a wonderful thing. It absolutely is. I, I, I don't know. Obviously, there's going to be a lot of Mexican fans there at the race this weekend. Whether that's going to be enough to help him, I don't know. Remember, he serves doesn't do particularly well around this track. Same with his home race as well. I know he got a podium there last year, but it's not really saying that much for, for the cars that he's had over the years. So I'll have to see how he gets on. But the problem is, it's not necessarily that Sergio Perez isn't doing very well because he's not doing very well. Let's make that absolutely clear. But just Max Verstappen doing so damn well. Like the guy is unbelievable. His results are something else. And also the, re- the reliability of that Red Bull car as well. It's not had a single mechanical failure for him all season, I don't believe. It's just something else. It's gonna. It is a very all-around track. Any circuit's gonna suit that Red Bull car pretty much. It's very rare that one isn't. It took an exceptional set of circumstances in Singapore for for him not to win there, and even then, at times, they did look the fastest car on the grid. We'll have to see how they get on. Max is probably gonna win again. He's probably gonna break some record with that. They just look untouchable, really. I don't see Perez doing particularly well around here in the Grand Prix anyway, but we'll get our, we'll get on to our result predictions for the whole weekend very soon, I'm sure. Yes, well, we'll get right right onto them now then with that. And so, yeah, it's a Red Bull looking unstoppable, but it would be nice, wouldn't it, if, if Max Verstappen did a Lewis Hamilton Circus 2015 where he just phoned it in for the last five races and allowed someone else to get some race wins and, and championship points. And I'm definitely here for that. We've got some banging races coming up and I don't think they're going to be dead rubbers. I think we're going to have some decent racing. I don't think Rebel aren't going to fall off the pace, but they are definitely not going to be bringing any upgrades now for the rest of the season. So let's see what everyone else can do about that. But we'll come to you away then for your predictions then. Give us a pole position, your podium, and give us a bold prediction as well. Sorry, mate. Four, four years. Four years we've been doing this. <laughs> and I still forget how to do that. Actually, I think it's five now we've been doing it. We, we, we were ahead of the curve on the whole Zoom thing. Um, I'm going to go right out on a limb and go with Hamilton to get the pole. Only the pole. <laughs> and then I'm going to go for Stappen to get the win, though. Hamilton to get second and Leclerc to get third. Do you reckon I've covered my bold prediction already? <laughs> that's pretty bold. Yeah, uh, that's, yeah. sorry, go on. You know what? I'll, I'll go with Williams to get a double top 10. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> That's impressive. Yeah. So I'm, I'm just going to come back flying. That's what's going to happen. 
Okay. Jonah, your predictions then? Pole, podium, and a bold? Uh, yeah, I think the biggest crime that OA just did was not putting a single McLaren anywhere in the top three conversation. That's wild. It didn't but- go unnoticed. <laughs> my, my bold predictions, pole position, I'm going to say Oscar Piastri snags pole. Not the fanboy in me, but he's just actually done it before. The podium, I think it's going to be realistic. I think it's going to be Max. It's going to be Oscar and then maybe one of the Ferraris like Carlos. I think it's going to be Carlos over Charles. And then bold prediction, I think Lando's going to win. Ooh. He finally gets it. Finally happens. So, so yeah, there's there's yeah, definitely some, some goodness in that. And I'm pretty sure all of my predictions have been said over the last two predictions. So, George, <laughs> let's, let's hear your prediction. See if you can lock off my last one. <laughs> I doubt that, but we'll see. So my top three predictions, after what I just said, yes, I'm going to go for Matt Stafford to win the race. Second, I'm actually, I'm going to agree with Jonah. I'm going to go with I'm going to go with Oscar Piastri to get second place. I think he's really going to kick on after an amazing weekend in Qatar, where he got a win, but it's sort of a win, but it's not a win. But he's still playing yeah, half in a race, so it's a win. It's a win. I'm counting it. It's not a Grand Prix win, though. That's the difference. And third, Mercedes have gone well here in the past. I'm tempted to put a Ferrari, but I'll probably I'll go in my head and say Mercedes. I'll, I'll put Hamilton after a pretty dismal. Well, not even one corner in Qatar in the race. I'm going to back him to get a podium there. And my bold prediction is Sergio Perez with the sprint win. I'm doing it again. Oh. <laughs> I'm doing it again. He's got to come in clutch eventually. I have to try and win this bet. So I need to manifest. I need to believe it. And hope uh, and pray that it happens. Yeah, that's for the sake of the uh, the viewers, I, I I hope that doesn't happen. But we'll, we will wait and see. So my predictions then will be a uh, pole position for Max Verstappen because why not? But I think it's going to be... I've gone with Jonah saying Lando Norris getting his first win. Lewis Hamilton on the podium in second with Piastri in third. And I think I'm going to I'm gonna change my bold prediction slightly. I'm going to go with Max Verstappen just has a really generally bad weekend. Both sprint and in the race makes mistakes. Just seems a little bit off the boil. And as a result, doesn't get any points for the entire weekend. That's going to be my, my bold prediction, which I think is very bold. Max Verstappen, zero points in either race. But if yes, yeah, so if you've if you've enjoyed that, then please don't forget to follow us on our socials, which is at Grid Talk, Grid Talk UK. And we'll just use our have our host here a chance to promote themselves here. So Jonah, we'll start with you being the Soft Tower Podcast. Where can people find it? And tell us a little bit about it. Well, Soft Tower Podcast, you can find it on anywhere you get your podcasts, whether that's Spotify, Apple Music, Pandora, Google, anywhere you can find it on your phone. And it's just three Canadian guys who spend about 10 and a half minutes talking about Formula One and then about 45 minutes talking about anything else. As a little bit of a preview, I mentioned it last week, but uh, when we had George on the podcast, we actually rated which Mario Kart track we'd like to see added to the F1 calendar. If that gives you any idea of what the soft tire is, that's that's about it. Love it. Love it. Okay. Do you want to do some, some grid talk promotion for us? Yeah. We have a sister show named Formula Talk, and that uh, talks about pretty much everything else. Does it talk about Mario Kart? No, it doesn't talk about Mario Kart, unfortunately. For the record, it's Nintendo 64 Rainbow Road. That's what I want to see on. That's, that uh, was on the list. That was on the list. I was going to say, yeah. In space, too. In space. Yeah, with uh, no rims either, no guardrails, no nothing. No, just... I'll see Paris' track limits on that track. I was going to say, the ultimate track limits. <laughs> Sorry, I ain't carry on. <laughs> yeah, so Formula Talk is our show that mainly concerns itself with the concerns itself. Sorry, with the with the feeder series, and I believe sometimes Indy Next and IndyCar and things like that. And that is hosted up by the very lovely Sophia Richmond and Tom and, uh, and Tom Downey. You can find that wherever you find uh, Grid Talk. 
don't know why you didn't describe Tom Downey as lovely there, but I think you're biased. <laughs> okay, and George, is there anything else you want to plug from a, from a grid talk perspective or anything else? I'll let you take the grid talk stuff, Tom. But I'll just give a mention to my football website, uh, footballchronicle.com. That's football spent, spelled the Spanish way, F-U-T-B-O-L. I do a weekly opinion piece on all things football, and there's been, there's been some interesting stories, some very nasty stories in the world of football in the last few months. If you want to t- it might take and read my take on some of them, you can head over to that. You're saying, George, that football is not regarding the NFL. That's regarding the other one. It's regarding association football. I refuse to use the S word. <laughs> They're all football at the end of the day. Currently, I'm watching rugby football. <laughs> yeah. Ropey rules football, yeah. Not the Minnesota Vikings, none of that stuff. It's no no American. He doesn't know who they are. <laughs> I've heard of them. I've heard of them. Yeah, no, this is going back to Sheffield Rules football from 1858. What sport? Wow. The official proper sports. So, yeah, check that out, please. <laughs> and if, if you want to check out a little bit more of George as well, you can see him on the socials. He's often the face behind all our lovely shorts that, that come up as well. So uh, go to our YouTube shorts and have, have a look at those. They're always good for a hot take or two. If you want to hear more from the Grid Talk, obviously, then all our race shows do go out live on YouTube straight after the events, and our audio versions do go out slightly later, which is available on Amazon Fire, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Music, Verbal, and Pocket Casts. Just search for Formula One Grid Talk for all our back catalogue of shows, including previews, reactions, and qualifying on race reviews as well. We do also run a Patreon as well, so if you want to help us continue to do what we do, then please consider donating to us, and everything does go back into the show to improve your experience. As the listener, we will be back this weekend to uh, to bring you the uh, the qualifying review for the uh, for the United States Grand Prix, one of them in Austin. So thank you very much for listening to the Grid Talk podcast presented by Bet Online, and goodbye. <laughs>